Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about being a nice teacher for ourselves. there beautiful teachers I hope you're having a fabulous day and a fabulous week so far today I want to go on a little bit of a rant not a negative rant but maybe a rant against your inner critic I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in an email I sent out and on Instagram a little bit about this revelation I've had so the revelation is that I am now an adult student I do realize that I'm an adult. I already realized that before the revelation. But the point of this revelation is realizing that if I am my own teacher, which I am, then I am now an adult student. So let's unpack that and what it means. First of all, I am my own teacher, right? So whether we're talking about learning piano, you know, practicing piano, working on new pieces, whatever, that are not for my teaching, So I don't struggle at all to fit in preparation for my teaching because that's just what I'm like. I'm an upholder of stuff I have to do. However, I don't have to learn pieces that are just for my own fun, right? That are not for any kind of performance, for a workshop for teachers, for students. They're not for anything. They're just for my own personal enrichment. That doesn't mean they're not important, But it does mean it can be hard to fit them in because I don't have deadlines. And I think this is exacerbated by the fact that I grew up in the exam system. And so I spent many years learning pieces because they were on an exam and my exam was in May. Right. And there was no negotiating that. Of course, I could have not done it, but I wasn't going to do that. So I had hard deadlines always and very clear set lists of pieces that I could choose from, etc., Whereas now I can just choose to learn things or give them up or whatever I want to do. And that's wonderful, but it does present its own challenges, right? So I am my own teacher in my piano studies, in my continuing education with music. I'm also my own teacher, and you are too, I would guess, in many other areas. So in improving my business knowledge in improving my teaching, my pedagogy, my knowledge of psychology as it relates to teaching. Everything that I want to learn 
I am my own teacher unless I ha have one. So at the moment, I only have a teacher. What do I have a teacher for? <laughs> I have a teacher for Irish dancing when we're doing our Irish dancing class, although we're off this term. But that's about it. That's the only teacher I have. So if that's the case, I'm my own teacher for all of these areas. Or you could say I'm my own coach, if you prefer. Similar. Slightly different perspective, but similar idea. And so are you, most likely. So now we need to think about what kind of teacher we are to ourselves. Now, in the past, I have been a very traditionally strict teacher to myself. Whenever I try to approach a new project, that is, again, just because I try to pretend as if I am my own teacher and my teacher has assigned this to me or we've agreed upon it together and therefore... Each week I need to have a certain amount of practice to show up my fake lesson that doesn't really happen, but you get the idea, right? So I'm trying to frame it as if I still have a teacher holding me accountable somewhat. But it's all fake, <laughs> first of all, because I know there's no deadline and I know there's no teacher. And so it's not like something where I'm preparing for a lesson or a concert or whatever, where I do have a hard deadline. It's different. And also, the recent revelation is... If I were my own teacher, if there was a duplicate of me who was the student, right, and I was preparing for their lesson, I would be preparing for a lesson with an adult. And that's the thing that I realized, is this isn't anything like how I would treat an adult. It's not even like how I would treat a kid. I'll say that because it's definitely not. I wouldn't be as rigid as I am with myself with a kid, but I would be more in the role of you know, holding people to a certain standard and keeping them accountable and helping them to set goals because kids, not all kids, but a lot of kids need kind of that structure. Adults are the opposite. Adults don't need that from me. That's what I've come to realize from my many years of adult teaching. They need me to be the kind voice in their head. They don't, they need me to be the angel on their shoulder, right? Talking into their ear, telling them how great they're doing, telling them that it's okay if they mess up telling them that some weeks are going to be harder to find time to practice and that is normal telling them how hard it is to learn new music all of these things that I make sure to tell my adult students because I know how mean they're being to themselves in their own head in most cases they're saying to themselves that oh a 10 year old could do this in a week and I should be further than I am right now Yes, anyone said that to themselves. So if they're saying that to themselves, I don't need to be at all saying to them, okay, you need to make sure that this is done by next week. I need to be the one saying, here's how we go about it. Here's how we make it fun. And if they don't get there, letting them know that that's okay and that's normal and they're not failing. So that's what I need to do for myself. That was my big realization. You may think it's obvious. That's fair. <laughs> I think it's a bit obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me, so I wanted to point it out. So whether you're doing this to yourself, you know, holding yourself to too high of a standard, maybe, or just trying to make your expectations too rigid for the life that you actually have and the priority this has on your list. I'm not trying to say that playing piano for myself is not a priority or it's not important, but it's not a top priority. That's the honest truth. Preparing my students' pieces, preparing things I need to perform, preparing things for teacher workshops, all of that 
in terms of my playing life, that's my top priority. And then joint under that are playing just for fun, meaning for me, sight reading stuff, because that's fun to me. So just like sight reading through a whole book of film arrangements or whatever comes through my door (laughs) because I'm like testing it for a student or something. That's what's fun to me. And then alongside that is working on a specific project that might improve my skills or just might be interesting or whatever, but it is for my own personal development. Those things fit in the category of what I'm doing at the piano. So it's not even at the top of my piano playing list. And obviously, I have a lot of other things on my list. You know, we're we have this app, Vivid Practice, that we launched last September. So it's still fairly new. And I've a huge amount of work on that every week, working with the developers, going back and forth about changes, answering messages from teachers. All of that is really important. Doing stuff for vibrant music teaching members, running that business. And then obviously, you know, the rest of my life, (laughs) all the other things that are not work, then all the teaching stuff. And that wasn't in order, by the way, the teaching stuff doesn't come last. It probably comes first for me. It's the only thing I'll never, ever delay or put off is preparing for my lessons, being a great teacher. That's always my top, top of my list. So the reality is that me doing a small amount of practice most days in this category of stuff I am learning just for myself, that's pretty good going. If I was my teacher and I knew, you know, this person's life and they're running their own business and this is what they're doing and they just wanted to work on one or two pieces and work a little bit each day on them, that would be fine with me as a teacher. Maybe it wouldn't be fine with you and that's another conversation, but that would be fine with me if I had an adult student who that was their goal. And then at the lesson, they wanted help, you know, going further with the pieces, practice strategies to use that limited amount of time they had. That would be fine with me. I would be delighted to teach that student. So that's how I'm going to look at it or attempt to look at it from now on, because it's an ongoing process, right? Our inner monologue. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope it's helpful, whether we're talking about practice or whether that's no problem for you because, you know, you manage to fit that in, you always have or whatever. That's great. Maybe there's some other aspect. Maybe it's like fitting in professional development, using membership sites you're a part of, or participating in your local teachers association. You have to be your own coach or your own teacher or your own mentor in the right way that you actually need. Because that is what an outside person, a real other human, would do for you if they were any kind of good teacher, mentor, coach at all. They would be the right kind that you need this week. And that's what you should do for yourself. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If this brought up anything for you, you can come find me in our Facebook group, Vibrant Music Studio Teachers, or on Instagram. We're at Colorful Keys over there, and I'd love to chat. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.